Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I've been known to get a little overly dramatic at times. Thespian well, that bit. you are. I mean, I don't want to go Shakespeare in the park or anything around here, but Ron Wolfley, right off the top. Yes. This, he said dramatically and defiantly, this is a four-hour show, correct? Yes, it is a four-hour show, Paul. Here is my game plan. I think I'm going to channel my inner D-book here today. Oh, no, Paul. Please don't smolder. I am going to torch and teach you... A lesson for the next three hours. And I said three hours, you will get worked over, and then you know what? My work here will be done. You know, you actually said this yesterday or something very, very similar off the top of the show and then got lambasted in the beautiful part of the program that followed. Hashtag masterpiece over the next three hours, and then I'll just take off the final hour because I will have turned this show into basically garbage time at that point after having schooled <laughs> you for the first three hours. <laughs> that sounds like Devin Booker right there, Paulie. As a matter of fact, is that what you're alluding to? The fact that he only played three quarters, scored 51 points, and suddenly sat down and didn't return to the floor, and the Phoenix Suns just rolled over the Chicago Bulls? Is that what you're talking about? Are you not entertained, Are Ron you Wolfley? not entertained? A little bit later, by the way, I might actually steal your beat. And tell a story. No, Paul. I might do it a little bit Come later. On, man. Yeah, a little bit later. I, Nobody we'll calls see. for a beat but me. We'll see. I might have to step up. <laughs> I, I, I might be on your lawn, and I might be right. Like the guy, remember the guy who was jogging around your neighborhood? And he, oh, he jogged right through your U driveway? Yes. Right? You know? Now think about that for a minute right there. Imagine this space. And you got a guy, you're out there running, right? He, he's out there running, and he's, he's probably, can I just say, Paulie, um, I don't want to get into ageism whatsoever. But I will tell you that he was probably 65 at least. Um, I would say between 65 and 70 years old. Paul, he was running without a shirt as well. It was it was warm. There's no doubt about it. But there he is. He's out there jogging. I'm getting a glass of water at the kitchen sink. And um, suddenly I look out and this guy runs right through our half driveway. As he's running on the road, he pulls runs into the half driveway right in front of the house and then boom he exits out he goes <laughs> ask yourself this right now my brothers if you're sitting there listening to this right what what kind of mentality does that what is that all about man oh, i'll tell you what that's all about that was a big time flex that was him knowing that you're a big name a big deal in the neighborhood and he wasn't he wasn't being subservient you to you whatsoever wolf nobody he, knows that Polly. nobody knows that this guy just thought you know what i drink your milkshake i drink it up that's exactly what he did Polly. what what is the mo- what is that movie what is the that from Polly? how dare you that it's, is there will be there blood. Will be blood. <laughs> how dare you wonder what that movie is that's a total indictment that totally of you. is one of the best movies ever i drink your milkshake <laughs> yes Polly. that's 
milkshake. <laughs> I drink it up. <laughs> you know what? That's what the D and D book stand. The D and D book last night stood yes. for drink it up. That's Holy. exactly what he did last night. Where do you start on that the one, balls. Paul? Where do you start on that one? Right there, honestly, the performance by Devin Booker last night. I mean, some of it's his comments, like him saying after the game, it felt like a double sized rim out there. <laughs> There's comments from Monty where he said he had no idea at the end of three quarters that the book had fifty because it looked so easy. So effortless. How many different players said, I'm not sure he even broke a sweat, even though they were blitzing him and double teaming him the whole game. So there's all this variety of takeaways. There's the efficiency. I mean, 20 of 25 from the field, six of seven from three point range. Yes. And the manner in which he scored, the different ways in which he scored. Uh, and then there's the sheer history of it. I mean, Wolf, I could sit here for the next three hours and fill your mind with stats of a- NBA history and what he accomplished last well, night. But once again, can. hashtag no math, I won't do it. Right, just get your nose out of the media guy, Polly, or the game program. Can I just say this? Um, the best part about last night, to me at least, is watching Devin Booker um, handle that kind of success out on the floor. Did did he look like he was out of control at any point right there? Did he look like he was surprised that everything he was throwing up was going in? Did, did he look phased by it whatsoever? Did he want everyone there to know just how hot he No, you know what? I mean, this is the smoldering Devin Booker that I'll continue to point to. It's one of the things that I respect about him the most. Not only is he a class act, and he is a class act. On the court and off the court. I love the fact that he is. We all should be rejoicing right now that you have a true superstar for the Phoenix Suns. And that's what he is. He's a superstar who is a class act on the floor and off the floor. But what I loved about him from a former professional athlete perspective was the fact that he didn't look surprised by his own success. He never does. He expects it. And I love that. What did D-Book sound like? Well, here he is after the win. You know, it feels good. Um, you know, this is one of the nights where it was following those games where I miss a lot of shots, and I'm like, I got to keep shooting them. You know, I train enough to where I know I'm supposed to make them. And, you know, unbelievable screens tonight, unbelievable team game. Um, and beginning to end, we play really well. I mean, his 50 and 50 first points were off a of steal. How many guys at that point, hey, man, I got 50, I'm good. That's right, Bully. No, he's in a full sprint, cutting off a pass, going the length of the court for a dunk for 50 and 51. And finally, Wolf, it comes in a win because his three previous 50-plus point games, 50-59 and then 70 at Boston, of course. By the way, you remember the 70 at Boston was five (laughs) years ago. He was 21 years of age. But all those previous 50-plus point games came in losses, not last night. Debo finally scored 50 in a win and said this. Obviously feels better with the win. Um, But that was just a whole different time, man. We were playing different basketball. We were in a rebuilding stage and just a young team trying to figure it out you know we have established veterans on this team we have guys out you know with guys coming in and ready to go so you know the team's so deep we play so well together and you know it's fun to be a part of 
The maturity. Just listening to him talk. The maturity of Devin Booker right there. Uh, the the expectation of it all. You don't hear any true excitement in his voice. He's just, this, this is the expectation, Paulie. And when you get to that point in your career where, where your expectation meets your talent, this is what it sounds like when you get up in front of people and when you talk to the world after you pump in 51 points. And you know what I love, Paulie? You brought up the fact his 50th and 51st point of the evening came off the steel and, and taking it down the floor, right? Um, To me, Devin Booker has developed and grown more on the defensive end of the floor than he has the offensive end of the floor. He has really developed into a true basketball player. And when I call somebody a basketball player, that means that you are a two-way player. That you score, it drives me crazy. It really does. Drives me crazy when you've got a great hitter in Major League Baseball that can't field his position. (laughs) Does that not drive you nuts? It does. You got a guy who's a great hitter who cannot field his position, who's a liability. A guy that is a great talent out on the football field that does not know how to hit somebody and wipe somebody out. Drives me absolutely nuts. Okay, you got all this talent in the world. You got a great frame. Hit somebody. Um, Devin Booker is a true basketball player, a two-way player. Defensively and offensively, he can beat you on both ends of the floor. Well, what did Monty say after the game? He said, and I quote, you can see his body is maturing and changing. He's able to take the hits around the basket and finish. So, yes, he's a more accomplished scorer than he used to be. He's still an elite scorer. There's no doubt about it. I mean, when you get 50 before the end of the third quarter, here's D-Book on that. Yeah, I figured I was going to come out. You know, at the end of the third, so a lot of people get on my case when I fall short of 50. I always tell them I've done that before and didn't win, so I'd rather win. Um, but tonight we got to do both. What sort of message does that send? In, yeah. a league, in a league where the regular season is largely disposable uh, and, and guys are go- getting after their numbers because yeah. they want numbers on the contract, for him to go ahead and put it out there that, hey, you know what? Sure, it's great to score. Are you kidding me? Is there anybody in the NBA who wouldn't do anything and everything to get to 50 points? And there's there's Book shrugging yeah. it off. If it happens, eh, as long as we get the W. Shrugging it off, Paul. You're talking about the best team in the Western Conference right now, right? The hyper-competitive Western Conference. And you're talking about maybe an MVP candidate. And I think they maybe he can be stricken from the record. I think he is going to be an MVP candidate as this this season continues to unfold. And yet, listen to the expectation. Do you hear any excitement in his voice? No. Hey, how many times have I said in the last two days that the Suns are so good that they've rendered the regular season meaningless? Well, guess what? It's not meaningless for Devin Booker and the MVP candidacy because if they end up with the best record in the West again, obviously that bolsters his bid for the NBA MVP trophy. Paul, just read your tease. 
Okay, Paul. You're, you're not the boss I mean, of me. I'm just, just but, telling you. Just but I will comply it. because just I'm read it and be quiet. I, I'm Paul. getting stared at by Maloney. The Bud Light Super Bowl Music Fest features three incredible nights of shows, including Imagine Dragons, Dave Matthews Band, and Paramore, all heading to the Footprint Center February 9th through the 11th. Tickets go on sale tomorrow. That's 10 a.m. You can head to the contest page now, though, on ArizonaSports.com for all the details and your chance to win tickets. Ding. Maybe I need to treat you like Kyla Murray treated Patrick Peterson because the two are going at it again. And there was a response this time from Kyler. You'll hear it all next. Calvisi sitting in for Luke. Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. not know much, but I know this much. Bye week is supposed to be non-contact. Yeah. So what's going on? Why has there been all of these swipes and shots and guys getting ear hold left and right, like from podcasts out of yeah. left field or more precisely, Minnesota? You know what's going on around here? Well, it's supposed to be quiet and tranquil. Yeah, you know, uh, the bye week, once again, you bring this up, Paul. Uh, It's interesting. Back when I was playing in the National Football League, of course, the bye week, that was the reset button. You were going to have a couple of padded practices, Paul. (laughs) You were going to have a couple of padded practices, almost like a mini, (laughs) it was like a mini training camp, Paul. Very interesting the way the game of football has changed. I've said this over and over and over again, Paul. I'll continue to say it, but the biggest change in the game of football is how you prepare a human being to play in the game of football. Very interesting. And I quote, DeAndre Hopkins, do you see his Twitter last night? It read the following. You gained attention, but lost respect. Yeah, I saw that. He was quoting Biggs Burke and etc. But how about that? You gained attention, but lost respect. Now, he didn't name names. I don't think he had to. Mm. He was talking about Patrick Peterson and his Pat P. pod and what Pat P. said about Kyla Murray. And, well, here it is. Verbally now, vocally, Kyla Murray is talking about, and, and I don't like how he's doing that. I think he should keep some things privately. But it tells me he doesn't care about the head coach, his head coach. And he's putting everything on the head coach, basically saying. Kyla Murray don't care about nobody but Kyla Murray. <laughs> That's just a matter of the fact. Well, well, yeah, well, I got it. So. Hey, I can't, I can't argue. That I don't know him personally. You played with him for a few years, so I got to take your word for it. All right, so that's Brian McFadden, former Cardinals cornerback and the yeah. co-host of that Pat P pod. And he started, he ended, but you heard in between what Patrick Peterson said. Your reaction. You know, um, listen, my mother always taught me, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Um, honestly, right now, too, it seems to violate the code of the locker room. It really does. I'm surprised Pat P. Um, went down that route because I think it does actually violate the locker room code right there. You know, if you've got a personal situation, a personal opinion about one of the players that you played with, I don't think you ought to announce that to the world. I don't. I don't think you ought to do that. Um, That's just me. 
because that's your opinion. Are there people that would disagree with Pat P about Kyler Murray? You better believe there are people inside that locker room that would completely disagree with Pat P. Are there people outside of the locker room that would disagree with Pat P? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. As a matter of fact, Kyler Murray has had some pretty high-profile um High-profile situations that have happened that have been recorded, of course, um, on Twitter in regard to helping some kids that are in dire need. Let's put it that way. And do you think they would answer differently than what Pat P. just said? I, I think so. I think they would. So once again, you know, this puts me in a very difficult situation because I love Pat P. I always have. But the way he's been barking since he's left, Pat, I, 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 I don't understand that. I do not understand that, Pat. You're violating the code. As far as I'm concerned, leave it in the locker room. Well, and you're violating what you've already gone on the record and said earlier when you were an Arizona Cardinal, when you were more than happy to offer up uh, about halfway through Kyler's rookie year how he was the CEO of the team. That's what Pat P. called him and proclaimed to the media as if he was the one anointing Kyler, the new leader of the team, midway through That's his rookie right, year. Paulie. You remember that? That's right. right. I do remember By the that. power not vested in oh, Pat P., he was the one sort of passing the scepter, if you will, of leadership towards Kyler Murray. So, at the very least, it, it's hypocritical in a lot of different ways. Did you happen to see Kyler's response to that, Paul, I ask? I uh, did. Rhetorically, of course. Do you want me to read what yes. he put out on Twitter? Kyler Murray in response to Patrick Peterson in the comments we just heard, and I quote via Twitter, this isn't true. You on some weird Blank. stuff, Pat P. You got my number if you really felt like this as a, quote, big bro or mentor... You're supposed to call me and tell me, not drag me so your podcast can grow. Boy, that was poignant. Well said. (laughs) That was poignant, wasn't it? Point well made. If you're truly going to be a stand-up adult about all of this and you truly have a problem, then give me a call instead of... Using it for clicks and views on your social media. Yeah, Polly, that's that's why I say once again, I feel like Papi violated the code of the locker room. He went public with his opinion about a guy he used to play with. He went public with that and said that. To, to me, when you say that, Kyler Murray doesn't care about anybody but Kyler Murray. Think how derogatory that is. Think of the remark that is and what that implies about a person when you say that about a person. It's pretty bad. Okay, so think about this. When Pat P. got suspended for six games in 2019, who was Pat P. thinking of when he was deemed guilty by the NFL of taking PEDs? Interesting. Were you thinking of yourself in your next contract, perhaps? When you trash your ex-teams like he's done repeatedly this season. And oh, by the way, he's done it only this season because last season, guess what? The Vikings lost to the Cardinals. Yes. But as soon as the Vikings beat the Cardinals this season, it was amazing how vocal he was, right? But when you're trashing ex-teams and ex-teammates on your podcast, who are you thinking of? Yourself. And then when the Twitter account from your podcast is sure to tweet out all the clips, all the money, highlights and quotes, right, to make sure it's all out there 
for everyone to see and make sure it maximizes views and it's going to go viral. Who are you thinking of in that case? Yes. Yourself. Polly, exactly what you're allegedly accusing Kyla Murray of doing. Yeah, Polly, can I just get personal with you as well, my brother, right now? Because um, I, I know this is that's hard for you to actually admit and say. And, Paul, it's because you have a better relationship with Pat P than I do. Look, uh, it's got to be difficult for you to actually say that. I like both guys a lot, and there's a lot to like with both guys, and both guys have been only good to me. And with Pat P in particular, there's a long history of me emceeing a number of his charity events. Yeah. So I've seen the good. Yes. There's a lot of good there. There's a lot of good there. Him and his wife, Antonique, they've done so much good for so many people. Totally agree. So it makes it confounding. It makes it perplexing. It it makes it disappointing on, on so many different levels. And, Wolf, I told you the story. I was there on the sideline in Minnesota. Cardinals lose. Pat P. barking the whole game. And at the very end of the game, he comes over and he's talking to some of the Cardinals players. Half of them ignored him. Yeah. And half of them shook his hand. And the last guy there was Byron Murphy, and they were talking a little bit. Remember, Byron Murphy was the rookie. And, okay, yes. but, and then, boom, he leaves. There's one guy left on the sideline grabbing his bag. It's Paulie Pencilneck. And Pat P. says, hey, boy, where's Kime? Where's Kime? And he's barking it out. Right. At that point, the Channel 12 camera, Cam Cox, yeah. that's when he heard it and came over, and Pat P. said it into the camera. Man. Cam! And so, <laughs> at that point, at that point, I'm just like, okay. I mean, I know, Paulie, it's got to be hard for you to actually go down that road, but it's the truth. It is. You have to say yeah. it. And it's the reason why I love Pappy, yet at the same time, Pat, you can't do this. No. You violated the code. No. Even if you thought that was true, which, once again, I disagree with, man, you can't go down that road. You're accusing someone of thinking of only themselves. Exactly. When that's exactly what you're doing on your podcast by trashing that person. And utilizing it for clicks and views. Indeed. Texas, your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, we're going to react to episode four of Hard Knocks. It is Hard Knocks with Hard Rock. Oh, now you got my attention. Well, finally, something worthwhile around here. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I don't think it ever hurts to put an extra camera in somebody's face to try to get the best out of them. Previously on Hard Knocks. I'm tired of losing at home. We need to get this together. I love y'all boys, man. Let's go, man. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Get ready for a show. Get ready for a show. This is Hard Knocks with Hard Rock. Wolf and Luke on last night's episode of Hard Knocks in season with the Arizona Cardinals. It's good. We finally get some production here. It'll help with Wolf's lack and lame takes around here. So you know what? You just make it sound good and look good, and then maybe Wolf will look good accordingly by the time we're done with this segment. Paulie, will you stop talking, please, because I want to hear the hard rock part of the hard knocks segment that we're doing. We go as he goes. That was DeAndre Hopkins on Kyla Murray. That was one interesting takeaway, was it not? For other standout sound, let's go. Standout sound. 
Round ball for your first up. Now batting. Okay, what are we doing, Paul? Are we doing this? I knew you were ready. Sound bite, or are we doing the show stealer? What are we doing right now? We are doing the standout sound, like I just said, for everyone to hear. If you were paying attention to your own show. Okay, there you go, Polly. Thank you very much. I'm just going to go with the best sound bite here, being Marcus Robertson talking about the tape and what the tape tells him. When we look at that tape, every snap you get, it is your reputation on the line. It's just that simple. Only thing we care about is what this tape says. Every single place you speak so loud that I don't even have to know who you are. But when you walk in the room, I know exactly who the you are. That's how we need to play these last six games. There it is, Paul. Right there, Marcus Robertson nailed it. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. I'll give this to you. I'll give this to you. This has been your take for a long time, believe me. Yes. I've heard this take ad nauseum over the years, and when he said that, Wolf, I'm like, oh my goodness, there's Wolf coming to fruition right in this Hard Knocks episode. Right there, Paulie. Honestly, think about it, Basinonians. I've said it for years, and Marcus Robertson is right all over it, man. Listen, if you watch a player from the snap to the whistle. And that's all you do. You just watch the player. Don't watch the play. Don't watch where the ball is going. Watch the player from the snap to the whistle. On every play, by the end of the game, you'll be able to tell so much about who that dude is as a human being. And Marcus Robertson just nailed it. I heard that and stood up. Stood up in my living room, man. That was awesome. He is the uh, defensive backs coach. He works in particular with the safeties. Yes. Marcus Robertson. He had a long NFL career himself. He's a no-nonsense position coach in a lot of ways. And it was earlier this year, Isaiah Simmons was our post-game guest on the radio side, and he credited his position coach. And doing what I do best, asking the dumb guy question, I said, Who is your position coach these days, Isaiah Simmons? What exactly does he play? And I found out that at the beginning of this year, last offseason, in January, they put Isaiah Simmons, took him from one of the linebacker rooms, and they put him in the safety room. Mm. So this is the coach that he has vibed with the most, Marcus Robertson. We all know what happened in week one. Cardinals defense succumbed mightily to Patrick Mahomes and company. And the guy calling the defense was Isaiah Simmons. He hasn't called the defense ever since. He lost the green dot. He lost his starting job for a period of time. Can I ask you something, Bully? What did he respond to you when you asked him, who is your position coach? Uh, and he then named Marcus Robertson. He did. He, he did. literally he said did. that. Yeah. And so, and that's who he's been with, and that's who we saw him with. <laughs> and there was the all-access that we all yearn for, because finally we got an explanation to some degree as to why he lost that job in week one. So here you go, Marcus Robertson explaining to Isaiah Simmons what was lacking. What am I not getting? Can you help me with that? No, what they want to see is you continue to execute. They want to see you work hard. They want to see you strain. They want to see you know what to do. That's what they want to see. It was a very honest moment. Yeah. And and to me, that's where I stood up and I'm like, okay, there you go. That That's something you just can't get. That's the all-access that everyone is looking for. And it was an explanation. It was the hard truth. And Isaiah Simmons went on to explain that it was the first time in his life he'd ever been benched. Mm. And so, yeah, it certainly resonated. In fact, here's Isaiah Simmons later in the episode. Never in my life have I ever had to 
deal with being benched. Um, what helped me through everything was understanding what kind of player I am, knowing who I am, who I want to be, and who I can be. I feel like just taking what I could do, controlling what I can control each and every day, you know, just being the player everyone expects me to be and um, needs me to be. Yeah, you know what that was? That was a that was a really cool thing to actually hear Isaiah Simmons say. He's got to continue to develop. The guy makes plays that changes games. That's why when he had the sack in this game, Polly, I'm thinking to myself, "Oh my goodness, there it is, right there." The sack of Justin Herbert, where he it was what minus 13 yards, and suddenly changed the game because they had to punt the ball. I thought I thought that, it was game over. I thought that was it at that point right there because of that play. Isaiah Simmons, once again, he has a knack. He has a knack of actually making plays that change games. And that's what I want to see him continue to develop and do. Next! Show Stealer. All right, Wolf, what's your selection right here? All right, I'm going to go with D-Hop, as a matter of fact, as my show stealer right here. When he was working with the women's shelter right there, um, those that were victims of domestic violence, that to me, Polly, uh, it really stood out. First of all, to see D-Hop and the response of his teammates coming out and supporting the event, of course, that he was, he was at in regard to raising funds for this women's shelter. I just thought it was so cool. D-Hop doesn't blow the horn, so to speak, when he goes out and does many charitable events. And I thought that was on display in this. He was just going about his business in regard to um, trying to help a, a worthy cause that he had to grow up with, as a matter of fact, in his home. And because of that, it's left an indelible mark on him and the course that he's walking right now. To me, it was so encouraging to see D-Hop actually doing that. I thought it stole the show, DeAndre Hopkins and his work at the women's shelter. Yeah, I can't argue with any of that. Hard truth for me, Antonio Hamilton. Him basically owning up to the missed tackle, the lack of effort on the George Kittle touchdown late in the Mexico City Monday night loss, him apologizing to Cliff Kingsbury on the practice field, him apologizing to the DB room, saying, I can't do that, that's not me. And then that led into the Marcus Robertson, your tape is your resume. Yeah. So Antonio Hamilton taking ownership. And you know what? I believe him. I really do. If he says that he thinks George Kittle was out of bounds, I know it might be hard to believe. might not all be all that plausible looking at the film. But here's a guy the week before had 11 tackles Yeah, no, as I a cornerback. So he doesn't shy away from contact. No, I believe him when he said that right there. But still, you got to be sure about that. Are we at the hard truth, Paul? Is yes, we are. At right Next. now? Hard truth. Okay, Paulie, I'm going to go with Colt McCoy. Very interesting. Colt McCoy. Can, do we have the Colt McCoy sound on Steve Hyden? Full so service. What's the structure now? Hyden's going to roll the old line. Yes. How about we rush for 100, at least 100 yards this week? I'll put money on it right now. <laughs> oh, how about that right there? I thought that was really interesting. Colt McCoy asked a question. So, Steve Hyden's going to run the offensive line this week? Um, yes. I bet we rush for 100 yards or more, right? Isn't that what he just said? I thought that was really, really interesting 
Why he would say that, I do not know, but Colt McCoy knows why he said that, and I thought that was a hard truth. He said, I'll put money on it right now. Oh, by the way, the Arizona Cardinals rushed for 181 yards in that game. So Colt McCoy was dead on, spot on. Hard truth. D-Hop telling the Hard Knocks cameras, we go as he goes. Tyler Murray. Mm. And in too many areas, there's been regression this year. We go as he goes. So if you want to boil it down, look, uh, if you can see one thing over these final five games, it would be Kyla Murray raising his game. Yes, there's no but, Paulie, that this is exactly what I continue to say right now. It isn't about the wins and the losses anymore. It isn't. It is about Kyler Murray being Kyler Murray in this offense evolving going into the offseason and into next season. And there's something here I'm told is called the wolf count. Is that correct? The wolf count. How many what? different oh, appearances no, Ron Wolfley made stop in this episode? It. What do you think? What was the over-under? Pazanonians, I have no idea what Paul's talking about. Is there about. wagering on this here in the state of Arizona now that it's legal? I don't know what the over-under was. I do know the final count I'm told is 15. 15. 15, 15. Oh, different appearances by Ron Wolf. I don't know how that compares to other episodes. Yes. Um, let me just say, Polly, right now that uh, Dave Pash, this ought to be the Dave Pash podcast. <laughs> this is what it ought to be, because Pash is all over Hard Knocks. By the way, I had an appearance. Was, oh, you did, Paul. It was uh, <laughs> right, right when Cliff had a massive F-bomb after the failed fourth and one. If you look three levels on the sideline behind Cliff Kingsbury, there was Paulie Pencilneck standing back there with his headset on. Paulie, nice. You made an appearance right there. Finally. Is DeAndre Ayton growing before our eyes? And it was behind an F-bomb. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Right off the forehead. Can always get worse. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. No big deal, just MVP chance downtown. Just the most points scored in that building by a Phoenix Suns player ever, ever, Ron Wolfley. Yeah. Since 1992, the Charles Barkley, Kevin Johnson days, all the above, and boom, you have Devin Booker going for 51. It is Wolf and Luke Paulie Pinch hitter sitting in, coming off. A splendicular game. A career moment for Devin Booker last night. Fourth time he has eclipsed the 50-point mark, but the first time it has come in a win, 132-113 over the Bulls. Just incredible watching Devin Booker go out there and compete. I love it because he is a complete basketball player on both sides, both ends of the floor offensively and defensively. He is a basketball player. Extraordinary. And after the game, D Book talking about hearing those MVP chants. Oh, you betcha he heard them. They did it a couple of times in my early years, too. They did. <laughs> they did. Even when we were in last in the West. That's what I'm saying, man. They're going to show up and show out um, always. And it's always been an unconditional love from, you know, the Phoenix Suns fans, every, every fan in Arizona. And, you know, to be a part of this organization, this team for so long is, you know, it's an honor. I love it. I love it. Let's keep it going. That's what I'm talking about. There's our segue into DeAndre Aiden, by the way. Although, I will say, you know who else was a fan last night? Not just Suns fans downtown. Kevin Durant. 
Did you see his tweet last night, Kevin Durant? Yeah, because Booker from the field was 20 to 25. Yes. Six to seven from three point range. Once again, 51 and three quarters. And Kevin Durant tweeted out, and I quote, 20 to 20, 20 25 is effing ridiculous, Devin Booker. Yes. That's KD. You know, save your flattery, KD. <laughs> Save your flattery for somebody who cares. You mean until January 15th when he's traded to the Suns? Is that what you're saying? Save it until then? Is that what you're saying? You know what? Honestly, I'm over Kevin Durant. I really am. I don't think Kevin Durant is going to improve this team. I think maybe he would be, um, he would be a negative as a matter of fact. Now listen, uh, schematically, uh, physically, from a talent perspective, yeah, no, I think there's no doubt about it, man. Um, I, I know that he would make this team better, yet at the same time, at what cost? At what cost, Paul? Yeah. Dare I say, you don't need no stinking Kevin Durant. No. If DeAndre Ayton continues to evolve. And is that the cost? Right. Suddenly. So here's Monty Williams uh, last night, because before our eyes, early in the season, already DeAndre Ayton has turned around his season? I don't know. I, I think for me, it's always about the consistent work. You know, whether you're going through a tough stretch, not getting off to the start you want to, you just keep working at it. We have a a phrase, reps removed out. You know, if you get the work in, you can trust the work, you know, and he's he's been working his tail off this year, whether it's in the weight room or extra work with MB. I think over the long haul, the guys that work, you know, sooner or later, it's going to pay off for you. And, you know, he's certainly gotten himself into the kind of, shape that it takes for a guy to put up these kinds of numbers. I think that's part of it, too. Probably a few other variables I'm missing, but I, I think when you put the work in, you run into nights like this, or se- or seasons, or, or moments like this during the season, and I think that's something that he should be proud of, but not satisfied with. Oh! There it is, Polly, right there. Something he should be proud of, but not satisfied. Do you see what's happening right here? There's still upside to be developed. Exactly right, Polly. This is, we're just starting to scratch the surface here, says Monty Williams. This is what a coach does, Basinonians. This is what a coach should do. Raise the bar. Yeah, he can be proud of it, but not satisfied because there's so much more that he can actually do. He had 14 boards, and two of them were offensive rebounds, and that's the one thing we have seen him do better as of late. Really hit the offensive glass and do a good job of that. Only had two offensive boards last night, but I don't think it was because of a lack of effort. He had two blocks as well and four personal fouls. Once again, I'm just saying, Paul, I want to see DA, I want to see him continue to improve in regard to how many fouls he gets in a game. And how good they are. (laughs) And when I say good, Paul, I mean get your pound of flesh. Do you understand what I'm saying, Paul? I want to know, somebody give me the analytics, how many offensive rebound opportunities were there last night when D-Book is shooting 20 of 25 and 6 of 7 from three-point range? Exactly right, So there wasn't much to be cleaned up off the offensive glass. He scored 132 points. Booker and Aiton combined outscored the Bulls' starting five. (laughs) They had 81 combined. The Bulls' starting five had 80. I mean, D.A. came out with 11 in the first quarter, had multiple slam dunks in the second quarter. That's what I'd love to see. Attack the rim, young man. Attack the rim. The two-man game with Booker. Which now gets us 
as to why exactly it is a two-man game. What is Chris Paul's injury again, Ron Wolfie? Isn't what's tendonitis yeah, in the earlobe? Is that no, what we no, determined Pauly. yesterday? No, it was the heel, Paul. He you sure? His heel, strained toenail. Because it wasn't. It wasn't an Achilles. They made okay. a point of saying it was not okay. his Achilles. It was a heel. Mm-hmm. I think it was a bruised yeah. heel, Paul. So he'll be back. Um, guess what? When maybe this process is over. Yes. Maybe this process of forcing Da mm. to be. Wait a minute, Paul. Are you implying that this is not accidental? Are, are you implying that they're holding Chris Paul off to the side? This was a plan? This is something they were going to do and say, hey, Chris, this is what we're thinking. We're thinking we need to develop that two-man game with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton in case you go down once again in the postseason. Are, are you saying this is not an accident? Well, let's see. Um, we put DeAndre Ayton on the trade block twice so far in his career. We didn't exactly step up for the early bird contract extension. We didn't step up in the offseason until we were forced to step up and give him the max because of the Indiana Pacers. And then what happened soon after that? Silent treatment from his head coach. Okay, so maybe, just maybe, they're trying to figure out what else is there before January 15th. Exactly, Paul. So, we're going to go with tough love. Exactly. We're going to. They, they tried it all, yep. Paulie. We're going to make sure there's no net to work with whatsoever because Chris Paul's no longer there. The two man game is you and Devin Booker. Whether you like it or not, hey. show us what you got, and then we'll determine if there's a future with this team going forward. Hey, DeAndre Ayton, what are you going to do about it? Because we're going to give you the opportunity to do something about it. We're going to give you every opportunity to show us what you're going to do about it. Before January 15th. Are you going to get mad and do something about it like he's been doing? Interesting, Paul. Pat Uh, Bev, once again. Pat Bev with the shoulder right into the back. Knock him over. Leg up in the air. Then all of a sudden you're going to jump up when people are around Pat Bev holding him back. You know what? Um, Be authentic, DA. I think that may have been the... The watershed moment for DeAndre Ayton. Now it's four games that he has gone out and played physically with force. You know, Lorenzo Alexander's been known to keep a list. Keep a list of guys that, uh, (laughs) let's just say, deserve payback. Yeah. Um, So, you know, Pat Bev, uh, we'll get his thoughts on on that whole dynamic. (laughs) And Isaiah Simmons detailed why he was benched early this season. Okay, what does that mean? What, and what's his future, especially at the position he's been playing? That Indeed. is all next. Lorenzo Alexander and the lowdown on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. So.